Tonight we're going to start out in 1 Kings chapter 3. A little old school. I guess it's all school school. But... <clears throat> and we'll start out in verse 1 and we'll read from verse 1 through 115. Uh, I'll tell you the title a little bit early. Uh, the title is What is Wisdom? And then maybe you'll understand why I'm on my way back in. First Kings. Can you hear me all right back there, Lynn? I don't need that little microphone. Linda told me if I wasn't loud enough that you had to come up here and make some noise. But... No, I'll <laughs> my camera. No, I think we're all right. <clears throat> all right, chapter 3, verse 1. And Solomon made affinity with the Pharaoh king of Egypt and took Pharaoh's daughter and brought her into the city of David until he had made an end of building his own house. And the house of the Lord and the wall of Jerusalem round about. Only the people sacrificed in high places because there was no house built on the name of the Lord until those days. And Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the statutes of David his father. Only he sacrificed and burnt incense in high places. And the king went to Gibeon and sacrificed there, for that was the great high place. A thousand burnt offerings did Solomon offer upon the altar. And Gibeon the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask, what shall I give thee? And Solomon said, Thou hast showed unto thy servant David my father great mercy, according as he walked before thee in truth, and in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart, of heart with thee, and thou hast kept him, or kept for him this great kindness, and thou hast given him a son to visit his throne, as it is this day. And now, O Lord my God, Thou hast made thy servant king instead of David my father, and I am but a little child. I know not how to go out or to come in. And thy servant is in the midst of thy people, which thou hast chosen, a great people that cannot be numbered nor counted for multitude. Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people, that I may discern between good and bad. For who is able to judge this, thy so great a people? And the speech pleased the Lord, that Solomon had asked this thing. And God said unto him, Because thou had asked this great this thing, and hast not asked for thyself long life, neither hast thou asked riches for thyself, nor hast asked the life of thine enemies, but, had, but hast asked for thine understanding to discern judgment. Behold, I have done according to thy words. Lo, I, get, I have given thee a wise and understanding heart, so that there was none like thee before thee, neither after thee shall any arise like unto thee. And I have also given to thee that which thou hast not asked, both riches and honor, so that there shall not be any among the kings like unto thee all thy days. And if thou wilt walk in my ways, to keep my statutes and my commandments as thy father David did walk. Then I will lengthen thy days. And Solomon awoke, and behold, it was a dream. And he came to Jerusalem and stood before the ark of the covenant of the Lord and offered up burnt offerings and offered peace offerings and made a feast unto all his servants. And we'll pray. Dear Lord, just thank you for this day, Lord. Thank you for the opportunity to be in your house, to fellowship with your people. And above all, to worship you, Lord, to have a place to come where we can freely worship you, Lord. Just pray that uh, this message doesn't fall on deaf ears, Lord, that you'll apply it not only to our ears, but to our hearts, that 
we can learn the lessons that are here today, that there's things that need to be taught and things that need to be spoken, and there's children that need to hear, Lord, and pray that you'll give us that strength and that courage and that wisdom that we hear the instructions and we can apply it to our lives and apply it to the missions you'll have us do, Lord. Just thank you for your son, Jesus, in all things, amen. So this evening, I want to talk a little bit about what is wisdom? What is wisdom? You see, Solomon could have asked for anything. He could have asked for the riches. He could have asked for the destruction or the death or the life of his enemies. He could have asked for all the riches and the inheritance of the land. But he asked for wisdom to help discern and help judge and help lead the people that God had put him in charge of. And I think that's just... Well, God says it. It was pleasing. It was pleasing to him. You know, because you think about today, if, if we had that magic genie lamp and we rubbed that thing, put a little spit on it, rubbed it, what would we wish for? You know, most of us right off the bat would probably say, oh, I wish for better health. I wish for world peace or dominance or whatever it is that's in your mind. But to get wisdom, God's wisdom, I mean, there's something in there that just that kind of stuck to me today as I was going through it. So he could have asked for that stuff, but he asked for understanding. But understand what? What did he want to understand? In verse 10 it says, Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people, that I may discern between good and bad, for who is able to judge this thy so great a people, and it please God. Now that ought to be a statement that we remember, right? If we want to do something that pleases God, start by doing something that pleases God. Can we put a little air quotes on that, right? If you want to do something that pleases God, start doing something that pleases God and not ourselves. So many leaders before and so many kings and people afterwards led for themselves. And we've seen their destruction throughout the Bible. We've seen the destruction of the land. We see the fall of Jerusalem. And we've seen the, you, you, the different things that's happened throughout those. This guy's asking for wisdom so that he can lead in the direction that God wants him to. There's probably something there that we can learn from that lesson. When we talk about inviting people for the north and the south or the blue and the gray or whatever your color is, left and right, it depends on what side you sit on. (laughs) It depends on what side you sit on. But what is the message? What is the wisdom? I mean, give me the wisdom to go out there and I can bring people. If it has to be by gunpoint, (laughs) right, Michaela? If it has to be by gunpoint. So I get the opportunity to preach quite a bit. And one thing that I've learned, I still have a lot to learn. There's always more to learn. So I ask for wisdom quite often. Do I have it all? Not quite. I got, I've got a ways to go. And one of the things that I'm dealing with is how to deal with disagreements. And I think it's probably a lot of fear. You know, when we've gone through our discipleship class and we talked about things and we're in our own little bubble. Am I loud enough for you? <laughs> and we're in our own little bubble and we're thinking, well, I don't want to get outside my comfort zone, right? That is a real fear for people. I don't want to get out of my comfort zone. Brother Lynn said it one time, says, well, I don't want to look like uh, I don't know what I'm talking about. He said it in those words, or sort of like that, right, Lynn? And he talked about that. I just don't want people to think that I, you know what? That's a real fear. So we ask for God to give us that, that understanding, that lesson, that learning, so we can go up and it's a real fear. And how to deal with disagreements is a real fear. And I was having a talk with a, a UPS driver here a couple weeks ago. And I met the UPS driver, and he had mentioned something about Drinking, I don't know why. Maybe I signed for a pack. He said, oh, maybe we'll go out and have a drink someday. And I said, yeah, I don't drink. I said, it looks kind of bad when I go up there and I preach behind the pulpit. Then I go to the liquor store on Sunday afternoon. <laughs> and our conversations changed quickly. At least my side of the conversation changed quickly, right? I'm not afraid to tell people that I used to uh, and I don't anymore. You know, I had a change. There was a change in my heart. It was a change in my life. 
And I'm talking to this UPS driver about those sort of things. And I did about all that I could do to bite my tongue as he was telling me his side of the story and some of the things that he was talking about. And as I continue to listen, he had told me a story about an employee. See, this guy, before he was a UPS driver, he used to own some, I think they were Sonics. He had three or four Sonics. He was a franchise owner, made some pretty good money, whatever it was. And he had an employee that wasn't meeting certain standards. So he terminated this employee. Well, that employee met him out on the street and shot him in the chest. And as he laid on the ground thinking that this is it, the employee crawled up and crawled up on top of him, pointed the gun in his face, and click, the gun jammed. And I thought I got an in right there. Praise God, Amen, Hallelujah. God spared you. And I'm thinking right there, I've got an in with this guy. And I'm asking him these questions. I'm just trying to go through my mind. I said, "Man, you could be this example." He says, "You know, as he laid there, listen to this. Now. As he laid there in the gun jam, he says the guy got up and took off. Right." He was able to reach in his pocket, call his wife, and say, honey, would you mind calling an ambulance? I got a little problem here. <laughs> I mean, pretty calmly from the way he tells the story anyway. And he's laying on the concrete, and he's talked to his wife, and has, you know, the police show up, and the ambulance shows up, and God spared this man's life. I mean, think about where he was. He was on the floor already with a sucking chest wound, and the guy's on top of him with a gun to his face. The odds of that happening and not going off are barely unlikely. Very unlikely. But God. Pastor's favorite two words in the Bible, right? But God. But God. So there's no denying him now. And the driver goes on to say that he hears God tell him. As he thinks he's going to die, he's praying. He's, he says he hears God tell him. He says, I'm not done with you yet. I'm like, what is wrong with this guy? This guy has the story. This guy has the story to tell people. Does he not have the story? You think about that story. He, he fires a guy. He gets shot. The guy comes up there and couldn't finish the job. Takes off. He's able to call his wife, get an ambulance there, do the emergency surgery, spare this guy's life. Here's God telling him, says, I'm not done with you yet. You're not going to die. Wouldn't we all have a story to tell? If you're saved by God, if you're saved by Jesus, do we not have the same story to tell? Can I get it, Amy? Did we not have the same story to tell? It doesn't take a man with a gun to save our life. It doesn't take a man with a gun for me to have something to be excited about, about someone, one, who saved my life. We have a story to tell. And I'm listening to this man. I'm still, I'm just dumbfounded. I'm like, you could be like one of the greatest preachers You've got this story of, of being shot, of hearing God's audible voice that he says he's hearing and surviving through this. Why are you not? He goes on to tell me, and I'm saying, and I'm asking him, he says, why are you not out here? He says, well, I used to be. I used to go to church. Here we go, blah, blah, blah. I used to go to church. Well, we got lots of those empty seats out there, used to goers. I used to go to church. I'm like, why aren't you out there telling people this story? He says, I don't like to be pushy. What? You could have the story to tell everybody. Jesus Christ, the one and only, saved your life, and God the Almighty spoke to you. Why are you not telling people your story? Well, I don't like to be pushy. It's just like my kids. I tell my kids, you know, they got to make their own choices. What? What happened to godly parenting? 
Oh no, I told my kids, like, look, if you want to go out and, you know, drink and try drugs, that's your problem. You, you got to live with those consequences. Just be smart about it. What? You want to know what's wrong with the world today? That is what's wrong with the world today. A man who, who was saved by grace, miraculously saved by grace, we'll call it gracefully saved, thinks, yeah, go out there and do what you want. You'll have to answer for that. It's not my problem. Well, there's a story. There's a story. I just stood there dumped out. I'm asking, why in the world? He just replies back, I'm not pushy like that. I'm not pushy like that. You know, we have a story to teach people. And not just people, but our children need to hear these stories. And you hear about the world today. I don't know if, you, if anybody followed my daily journey this morning. Another one that I'm just completely dumped on it by. I'm listening to the radio, and I think I told you this a couple weeks ago. I'm listening to the radio, and they said there's been a law passed in several states now that if you foster a child... You can no longer ask them if they're male or female. You have to let them decide what they want. What? What happened to godly people? What happened to Christians voting for God ways? Christian uh, biblical ways. What happened? Where are we at? Where are we at? We've gotten so comfortable doing nothing that those people out there are winning the fight. Because we sit here and we listen, we soak up some of the music, and we walk out there and say, yep, I made it. Made it to church today. Or didn't we? Maybe we didn't make it to church today. Maybe we made it on one day a week. I don't know. I mean, you have to kind of discern that for yourself. Proverbs chapter 4. Turn with me there. Proverbs chapter 4. Verse, we'll start out in, I'm sorry, yes, 4-7. Got me all fired up. I can't find the pages anymore. 4.7 says, Wisdom is a principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all thy understanding, or with, and with all thy getting, get understanding. With wisdom. And we're going to talk a little bit about wisdom as we kind of get through this. But I just can't get over that. So what happened? What happened to godly parenting, teaching them right from wrong, teaching them biblical truth, teaching them the fear of the Lord of love that loved him? The driver went on to tell me, he says, I told him that if my kids want to drink, if they want to do drugs, they'd be smart about it. Well, there is nothing smart about that. How is that? Well, I don't want to be pushy. They need to make their own choices. No, they don't. They need a godly man preaching godly truth, telling godly biblical ways. That's what they need. They don't need some happy, I'm your buddy, father, do what you want to. That's not what the world needs. Especially a man that sit there and just claims that God talked to me. God talked to me, and I tell you what, I have a hard time telling this out loud, but when I was called to preach, I can say I heard God. And people ask me, well, how'd you hear God? I said, what a conversation like you and I are having right here. It wasn't an audible voice like you and I, but I can tell you, there is no doubt when God called me to preach that I had no other choice. So if I'm laying on the concrete with a bullet hole and I'm able to call my wife and God says, I'm not done with you, wet, I bet you, I bet you, he, he, I got it. He's got my attention, right? How do you tell people just to go on and just, eh, I'm not pushy like that. God just told you he's got something in store for you and you're gonna, you're just gonna say, it's not my problem. So I'm going and I'm talking to this driver and it's like, yeah, but, yeah, but. You ever dealt with those people? Yeah, but. You can't, you can't say anything else to them because they've got an excuse. Yeah, but it got to the point where I could do nothing, but I wanted to throttle this guy <laughs> and say, listen to your own story and then come back to me. Listen to the story you were telling and then come back to me. 
That's why I just want to tell this guy that. Yeah, but he's that kind of a person. And just short of pounding this guy in submission, I had to turn it over to God because I was failing. I was failing. I wasn't getting through. The communication I would have was just, I'm just dumbfounded by the words that's coming out of this guy's mouth. So I give it to God. That's all I can do at that point. I can keep going. I can keep, help, keep going. But what a story this guy has. This guy has all the makings of telling a great story. Of, of even being a preacher of the gospel. A man who honestly believes that he's a man of God. He believes he's a man of God. I used to go to church. Well, if you're a man of God, you don't used to be. If you're a man of God, you are. You are, I am, right? You can't, I used to be. If you're an I used to be, you were more likely than ever was. He's got this story he could be telling. A man who honestly believes that he's a man of God, talk to the Lord, who spared his life, that type of guy. But where's his wisdom? Friends, if you, if you don't know what's going on in the world, we put God on a shelf. And we told the world to look at me. Look what I can do. If you don't know what's going on in the world, we put him on the jail. I mean, seriously, the man who was shot in the chest, the gun jams, left for dead, claims he heard God directly, says, I'm not done with you yet. Well, now what? I want to grab and shake this guy and say, listen to your own story. You've got all the makings to, to preach the gospel, to tell somebody. If Jesus Christ saved your life, if Jesus Christ saved your soul and gave you life, you have a story. Tell somebody. Tell anybody. Tell everybody. They should know. He's got that kind of story where I'm on the rooftop shouting it. I got shot in the chest. And God said, he's got more for me. I am standing up there preaching and yelling and cheering on the world because that's what God told me to do. Not saying, eh, they got to make their own choices. What? Kidding me. Back in verse 11, it says, and God said unto him, Because thou hast asked this thing, and hast asked not thyself long life, neither hast asked out for riches for thyself, nor hath asked the life of thine enemies, but hast asked for thyself for understanding to discern judgment. Behold, I have done according to thy works. Lo, I have given thee a wise and understanding heart, so that there is none like thee before thee, neither thee after thee shall excuse me, any arise like unto thee. And I have also given thee in which thou hast like unto all thy days. If thou will walk in my ways, if thou will walk in my ways to keep my statutes and my commandments as thy father David did walk. Listen, as my father David did walk. This man learned something from a godly parent. His father David walked in the ways, taught his child, and his child didn't go out there and said, give me money. Anybody hear that? Uh, Oh, where was he at? Saudi Arabia somewhere. This, I don't even know why this story's coming out. His parents were going to buy this kid, a 16-year-old kid, a car for his birthday. He wanted a Jaguar. They bought him a BMW, so he pushed it off in the river. He was so mad that he got a BMW, he pushed it. That kid ought to be riding that tricycle <laughs> without tires. <laughs> that is what's wrong with the world today. Oh, I didn't get my Jaguar, so I pushed this brand new BMW in the water. Are you kidding me? What kind of story is that? He says, and if thou will walk in thy ways to keep thy statutes and my command. As thy father David did walk. There is an example there. As thy father David did walk. We are to be examples for our children. We are to be examples for the world. We are to be light for the lost. Amen. 
That is our job. That is what we are to do. Then I will lengthen thy days. Now, what what did Solomon do with that gift? Anybody know? He got wisdom, right? So God says, I give you wisdom. I give you riches. I give you, you know, glory above all. What did he do with it? Does anybody know? He taught his children. He taught his children. Turn back to Proverbs chapter 1. Proverbs chapter 1, we'll start in verse 1. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, and judgment, and equity, to give subtly to the simple, to the young man knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and will increase learning. A man of understanding shall attain unto the wise counsels. To understand a proverb and the interpretation of the words of the wise and their dark saying. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge but fools. They should have put a big exclamation mark, underlined it, circled it. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. So Solomon received a gift. He received that wisdom. And then turn over to chapter 2, in verse 1. My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with me, so that thou shalt incline thy ear unto wisdom and apply thine heart to understanding. Yea, if thou criest after knowledge and liftest up thy voice of understanding, if thou seekest after silver and searchest after her as for is his treasures, Then shalt thou understanding the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord giveth wisdom. Out of the mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. Earlier I said that one thing I've learned from preaching is that I have a lot to learn. You know, being called to preach the gospel is one thing. Being called to pastor a church is one thing. Being called to, uh, to preach the gospel to struggling churches is another thing. And I take it quite hard. Though I love to preach, and I'm often preaching at churches that are closing their doors, or churches that are without a pastor, or churches that barely have a congregation left. It is a burden. To walk into a church that just looks broken. And to bring that message to a church that the majority of their people have already left. They've got a for sale sign on their building. It is a burden. And I take it with great great burden. I don't know how else to say it. It eats at me. To go to these places and see them. Because I just want to tell them, Joy, you've got a story to tell. It's It's not over yet. The church is not this building. You don't need this building to preach the gospel. I think we forget that. I think we forget that. It's not the building. It's not the location. Honestly, it's not really quite the people either. It shouldn't be about worshiping the creator who saved your life. If we can't get excited about that, then coming to church, we should probably reconsider. If we can't come to this place with like-minded folks and worship our creator then we probably shouldn't come at all and i'm not giving you excuse to leave here this what gets me on the pastor's bad side but what i'm saying is i'm making a point we need to be excited about coming here to worship god you're not coming here to hear me you're not coming here to hear him you're coming to hear the word of god through him amen that's why we're coming here so if you're saved by grace amen you have a story to tell don't have to stand behind this pulpit 
So when you see these churches close their doors, oh, it breaks my heart. You know, I, I preached to as little as three people at a service. And they're just broken. They're broken. They want to know why. You know, did we break up because of the carpet? You know, churches have been split because of the color of the carpet. If that's the reason why we're going to church and we're arguing, we're probably not going to church for the right reason. We should be coming here to worship him and what he's done for us in our lives. It's great that we have people. It's great that we have music. If it's not about God, stay at home, watch it on TV. Seriously, what happened to just telling people about the love of God? That he loves this world so much that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. What happened to just that message? That God loved me so much that he sent his son to die on the cross for my soul. All I got to do is believe and share that joy. I don't have to be the man laying on the concrete with a bullet hole to tell you that I was saved. Jesus Christ saved me. That's the message. What happened to that simple message? Instead of worrying about the same things, worrying about the, the things that we're doing or dressing the wrong way or sitting in the wrong chairs or, or talking about the wrong topics, if Jesus loves you, you've got a story to tell. Amen. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1 says, My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep thy commandments for length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon thy tablets of the heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Listen to this. Verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not on thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. But be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not on thy own understanding. So this man laying on the concrete, I tell you what, what the world needs is people that aren't afraid to preach the gospel. What the world needs is people that are seeking wisdom by the Lord. What the world needs is, is Jesus and they need people to tell of his wondrous love for you. Though I say it might be sad to preach to struggling churches, it's also a blessing that I can go in and I can just tell them that Jesus loves them. That is so much joy to go in there and just preach to them that, you know, I don't want to say that their pastor's a bad man or he's a bad pastor, but maybe he's broken too. I spoke to this pastor last week. I said, you know, brother, sometimes preachers need preached to. Preachers are amongst the highest. So if you don't know what our mission is or haven't heard about our mission, our mission is going to be a support to these struggling churches. Because the doors are closing. <laughs> I, can, I can witness to that. I preached at many churches that were closing the doors. The doors are closing and people are not coming to church like they used to because we're not giving that message that God saved my life. Why? We should be on the rooftop shouting with joy, God saved my life. We got the story to tell. It's a blessing to preach the gospel. It's a joy to tell others of the love of God. It is a privilege to tell the world that Jesus saved my soul. And if you don't have, you don't have to be a biblical scholar. You don't need, all you need to have is the biblical truth and the love of one man. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. 
Pastor, I always thank you for sharing the pulpit. <laughs> I, know, I know you don't like to give it up very often, but I sure appreciate it. So as Pastor comes up to close, we'll close a few minutes early, depending on how long he wants to clean up my stuff there. But I want you to think about what the Lord's done for you, and I want you to think about that story that you have to tell. And then tell somebody.